Welcome to the Fearless Launching Show. We are at episode 126, and today we're going to be talking about some essential hiring reminders that actually help you become a better boss. Hi, I'm Ann Samoylov, and I've helped some of the biggest online entrepreneurs and business owners have successful six and seven figure product launches. By working in the trenches offline to produce movies, TV shows, video games, I've discovered so many different ways to launch creative ideas. And the question is, do you have to copy what your guru says in order to have a successful launch? Do you have to use their done-for-you system in order to have success, in order to achieve your goals in business? I say no. This is the Fearless Launching Show featuring myself and an ongoing cast of characters, friends who join me in discussing business, launching, life, and balancing it all and having an amazing time doing it. Let's get into today's episode. All right, welcome to the Fearless Launching Show. Again, my name is Ann Samoylov. Thanks so much for joining me today. You are likely at some point during the life of your business, whether you're working by yourself, you've got a brick and mortar business, or maybe you're creating a product, maybe you have a digital online program. Whatever the case is, if you start a business, at some point you're going to realize there's a lot of stuff to do, right? So today we are going to talk about some hiring reminders. In fact, these are going to be the three essential hiring reminders you need to remember, because that's what reminders are, to help you become a better boss. Now, you've been doing everything yourself in your business for some time now possibly. And if you are, then this is for you. But I've got kind of news for you. And that is you might have been doing this longer than you really should have. I know I can say that to myself. I can look myself in the mirror and admit that. And I'm okay with that. But it's not because you haven't tried to find people to help you or think about who should help you. You've definitely thought about it. So maybe you've been on Upwork.com, Elance. Maybe you've been on Hire My Mom. Maybe you've been on Fiverr. I don't know. Maybe you've asked friends, but you haven't felt very, in quotes, lucky in your search for that right person or people yet. So the first thing is, I just want to let you off the hook here and let you know that hiring the right person and finding that person is not an easy process. So it's okay. It's not completely your fault. It's not an easy process for anyone. Second thing, you are not alone in struggling through that process. You're not alone. Uh, Some of the people you might not realize who look like they have well-oiled machine teams, it took them time to figure out how to hire how to be better bosses and keep those people hanging around. Now, third thing, it is something you're going to have to do at some point if you want to grow beyond a job replacement business. Because believe me, I know this from personal experience. And if you want to just keep making your, you know, replacing your salary, great. Don't get someone to help you. Just learn how to do the things, hire random people when you need to, Fine. But usually a business, one that truly, you know, exceeds all of your expectations of, of having like this, being your own boss, living the freedom lifestyle, you're going to want to grow beyond that to really make it worth it. Because running a business 
is a lot of work. It can be a lot of work. And you might at some point, I mean, I would hate for you to spend a lot of time thinking to yourself, wow, I could be making way more than this and it wouldn't be my business. And if it didn't fail, it would be no big deal. I would just go get another job. So really, I hope for you that you do want to grow what you're doing now beyond just a job replacement. So every business owner gets to the point of hiring in different ways. Some people start finding help from the second they start their business. They might have interns. They might have family members helping them. Um, Others do everything on their own as long as they possibly can, just simply because maybe they convince themselves they like what they're doing or they're really good at it. How would I hand this off? What am I supposed to do then? The question is, when is the right time for you to hire someone for your business? And like I said, this answer is going to be different for everyone. For the past two weeks, or actually longer, really, not even the last two weeks, it was on the recording of this, I'm thinking, I spent a good six months really in search of the perfect VA, the perfect person to work with me, um, who could grow into a role, who'd be willing to expand their, their role over time. And to be totally honest, I've only up until now, I've only usually hired like people for launches, very specific people to do very specific roles like web designer or a developer, social media, affiliate management, a project manager, maybe someone to set up Facebook ads. So my focus was on finding experts that didn't really need to be managed at all. Even though my own work experience before running my own business is exactly this role, I didn't want my job to stay that way. So I, and I still do believe for me, finding experts in specific roles are the way to go, is the way to go for me. Because I do want as many self-sufficient people, proactive, knowing what that next step is without having to wait for tasks to be doled out to them. There's nothing I hate worse than that. I think it is because I've spent so much of my career working in that role. So hiring experts only when you're new, only when, like when you're new to having a team and managing them is a great way to get used to being the leader and the boss. And so I do recommend this because you still have to manage the process. You still have to give people direction and deadlines and all of that and make sure they understand what they need to deliver but you don't have to check in on them. How's it going? You generally just have to give them um, some deadlines and respond with feedback. You've got a job to do too. So you really feel more like your partners. Now, once you're comfortable working with people who know what they're doing and are experts in their own right, who likely have their own team or own support, it's really time for you to start thinking about getting ongoing, consistent support. Because as I said, this has been a long process for me Um, to say, it's okay. I don't want to do my own blog posts, to do my social media, to do all the things in my day-to-day business. That's hard. Actually, you know, I actually felt guilty handing off things that I know I can handle just fine, but I decided that I didn't really need to play solopreneur anymore. And I really did want a business that employed people. And there is something about employing people. Um, For me, there's something about employing someone who even lives in this country, even though I have worked with people in various places in the world. So this is, there's a really important reason why I'm on the delegation train right now and why you should be 
really prepare yourself to climb aboard that too. And it's because businesses will plateau unless you hand off tasks, unless you hand off that busy work. And honestly, like I knew that if I didn't start really for real handing off work and kind of challenging myself to support team members, that that was going to be it. That was going to be where my business was going to stop. And I needed to get off of the busy work train as much as possible. So if you're ready to dive into hiring for real, I I say, let's do this together. So let's dive in now to the three essential hiring reminders to help you be a better boss and to really look for the right people. So I like to ask myself these questions as I'm going through the process of looking for a new person. And I suggest you do the same. Um, you'll find someone who's right for your business and you'll, you'll just become a better boss and a leader in the process. Um, so number one, is this person taking action or making excuses? I always ask that about myself too, to be honest. Is a physical connection needed? Do I need to do I need to be able to talk to a person on Skype, no Skype, voice, no voice, camera, off camera? And because that's important because you might need that and you might need to find someone who plays that role. Now I will say that you know, later I'll talk about this more, but I've met people who didn't want to interview by even by voice. And to me, that really freaked me out. I wanted to be able to at least hear someone's voice because it's really easy to pretend you're someone you're not. You know what I mean? Like I was like, oh, that's creepy. Um, anyways, we'll go into that in a little bit. So number three, does this person need to be my bestie? And, you know, I always say the answer is no, but it's hard to separate that because I'm definitely a person who likes to be besties with people. And I love making sure that people support me on a personal level, but I do think there's something about not having a bestie in that role, in a role that's helping you, especially on your launch. So now let's go through these one by one to see why each is important and what I've learned (laughs) over time. So first action versus excuses. So it's really interesting to watch people respond or not respond when you give them a task. I talked about this last week in episode 125. You can find that at ansamoylove.com forward slash or backslash, yeah, forward slash 125, where I talk about you know, people's reactions and looking for, looking for clues to how they might potentially react when they're actually on your team. So one of the first things I do when I'm considering someone for my team or to work on a specific project is I like to give a few test tasks. So these aren't, these aren't toss away or fake tasks. They're really actually things I need to get done. And it actually tests me into giving complete directions into giving and to seeing how that person responds. And I actually pay people to complete those tasks. So I remember one specific role, I had about five people doing five different tasks, similar tasks, but different ones. So for instance, if I asked someone to create um, social media posts for a blog post, I might've used five different blog posts. So I was actually using 
<laughs> something that I needed as a test. Now, what this does is, like I said, it allows me to hone my own skill of delegating and also see how the person responds. So out of the people that I gave my test to, only one person took action right away. They asked a question upon receiving the email, and then they even made suggestions about how this fit within the bigger scheme of things. When I saw that that one person had taken action so quickly, I realized, okay, that is definitely a quality I want. Though I'm an understanding person, action speaks volumes to me. So, however, that's not to say if the person had come back and told me they couldn't complete the task, that they would just automatically end up on my no list because that's not the case. Because I, I'm okay with zero, I'm okay with communication, but when I get no communication, which has happened in the past, I, I don't like that. I cannot handle when there's nothing but excuses as to why something didn't get done because I feel like. An email is a good opportunity for someone to just respond and say, I'm not sure what this means, blah, 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 blah. Like, I'm not sure what this means. Could you explain this more? When would you like this? So that's even an okay response. So you need to ask yourself if you're letting people give you too many reasons why they didn't get something done and be prepared to choose someone unexpected, especially if they are taking action. Maybe if they only need a small amount of direction and they are proactive. Those qualities you want on the team. So don't settle until you find someone who really does what you want them to do and or or and responds in the way that you want them to. So what I say is right now, think of a list of things that you've got to do this week or that you do every single week. Okay. That might be format a blog post that might be create some social media that might be here, take these quotes and turn them into Instagram graphics, whatever the case is, try to give as much information on each one and give these to potential candidates for the job. Now, I'm not talking about how to actually put the job post up on Upwork and all that. So, but I am saying that if you've got some people who might be a good fit, then you might want to just give them some real tasks, pay them for their time, and then you won't feel bad. They'll they'll feel that value exchange. They'll feel like, hey, I'm actually working, and they'll get to see how it is to work with you. Sometimes people won't mesh with you. Okay. So next, how personal do I really need to get? Okay. So when I started a search and this was a bit ago, um, I want to say it was about a year ago when I was doing this one specific search, I was really adamant at that point about getting people on the phone or Skype so I could see them. I don't know. So I could interact with them and, uh, even turn down one person because she wouldn't go on a live call, which I do realize now is silly because it is all about the work getting done. And perhaps she had a really good reason she didn't want to get on the phone. And I feel bad about that. Actually, I think about that sometimes. And I think who was that person? But I do think when you're applying for a job, you got to be at least willing to talk to someone anyway. So it was just me. I love personal interaction with people and that's why. So, but now that I've successfully completed tests, I've had that, I had that first successfully completed test by someone I did not speak to until after. I, I guess at the time I thought that it worked out better that way. 
you know, of course now I'm even further away from that whole process. Um, still I was forced to be clear in my communication to her and my expectations and I was forced to let go. But I do think I could have given that same test to that other person and still not spoken to her. Um, but clarity and letting go are huge when you're working with new people. So I was glad that I was able to do both, like had that personal interaction, make a decision, um, without connecting more first, but this really kind of brings me to the hardest part of being a better boss. And that is stop searching for your bestie. So this is probably my biggest fault when hiring and one I know has caused me the most emotion and pain. I, yes, really. So it's easy to hire people who we like, and it's also easy to become friends with people who are working with us. And I think it's important to be friendly. It's interesting. I worked for a Korean company, um, big corporation years ago and video game company. And I, I remember they didn't want anybody to be friends. It was very, really clear that they didn't, they wanted us to be separate. And I get why I get why, because when your friends, especially with your people who are on your team, you're the boss, these are that's if you're friends, then it's hard to give negative feedback. It's hard to push them to finish work by a certain date. Oh my gosh, I have a story there. It's hard to tell them if you don't need their help anymore. It's hard to give them a layoff or termination notice. It's hard to set boundaries. So the one I was going to tell you about is, uh, imagine, so I, before I knew my husband, I was his boss technically. And when we worked together at the same company in Santa Monica, it was okay because we actually were only on one project together. And then we were together, I guess. I don't know. We started dating. And then after that, we ended up not being on the same project. So it worked out really well. But when we worked at another company together after that, we were obviously still together because we're married now. But I remember he would full on not want to do things. Like I would say, Hey, we got some, you know, feedback from the client. They want us to make the squid look less real because they're afraid we're going to like, you know, scare people into thinking that we actually found a real squid when this is really just a CG squid. Those are true notes, by the way. And he was just like, no, we're not changing anything. We're not changing the animation. We're not making the animation look bad, basically, just so that it doesn't look super real. So it was hard to give him any feedback. He would not listen to me. So that's a, that's an extreme example. So even so, um, I do want to say that I have made amazing friendships with people I work with and have worked with and are part of my team. Some roles need to be work only though. And I think that the more you can have those work only roles, the better. Now I have worked with people who are the, the, the kind of, um, Caveat to this is that when people are experts and contractors in a different role, like I remember Meredith, my web developer, she's awesome. We clicked right away. And it's okay when it's like that because that person plays more of a partner with you and you're depending on their expertise. It's not the person who's on your team that you're assigning your do my blog post by this date. Um, it's different when you're working with a strategist or an expert. So like a friend of mine, Alexis and I were born on, we were born on the same day, different years, same day. I swear we are doppelgangers of each other. And many times, and even if we don't talk for weeks and months or sometimes not even, yeah, like there have been times when we haven't talked for months now, but back then 
when I was work, when she was actually working with me, helping me out on some stuff, you know, we were having like these amazing conversations with each other daily. Okay. But her role wasn't my virtual. She was not my virtual assistant. She was not my social media manager. She wasn't even my web designer. She was actually like, she was kind of partnering with me in a lot of ways. And so I appreciated that she's got her own business and technically I was her client, but it was more of a collaboration between the two of us. So, um, anyways, I'm, I'm like, I I mean, in that case, I didn't feel the need to set a boundary, but I do think that if you've got people working with you on an ongoing basis, I do think there, there has to be some sort of boundary or clear how you're going to give feedback. If you're going to be friends with someone, you have to make sure to be like, Hey guy, Hey dude, I know, I know we're friends, but this is the deal. So now anyway, so then at that time I was actually in the process of adding a person to my team. And so I had this goal, which is really funny because I'm looking back this, I'm kind of recounting a post that I wrote a while ago. And at the time I had this goal of not trying to be besties and I don't know what it is, but dang it. If that girl didn't tell me all about her husband, how he was injured, how they needed all this money. I'm like, Oh my gosh, I need to calm down. Um, and you know, she lives in a different country, but I, I had to, when I started hearing that, I started feeling manipulated as a boss, but I had let that happen. So I can't really, I can't really blame her. You know, she was, I wanted to get to know her. I wanted her. And I guess you can mistake familiarity and connection, but when it comes down to it, it's business. So you just have to be careful with that. Now, of course, I love being open and friendly and caring to the people I work with. And, but I do think that I can do that to a fault. And I think that it's important to keep your communication and your relationship clean and clear. Um, and eventually I did have to lay her off, um, for other reasons, but mostly it was really just because I realized that I had let the relationship go in a different direction than I really wanted to. So now I want to know about you. Okay. What about you? Are you thinking about hiring a new person for your team this year? Maybe your first person. Have you ever worked with someone maybe in a day job in your business or on some other type of project and had friendship maybe get in the way? Leave me a comment and tell me what you've experienced. But if you're thinking about hiring someone, what you're going through in trying to figure that out. And I also want to invite you to to join me in my train your launch team mini course, which is a training, which helps you train your team to be prepared for that next launch. This is really huge. So even if you have a VA getting this for you and your VA to kind of walk through together, to kind of set those boundaries together, to set the work relationship up nice and clean from the beginning, this is this is the class for you. This is a great investment for, and it's a very inexpensive investment for your team members. I know I've been talking about it for the last couple of weeks, so I hope it's not super annoying, but I do think everyone can benefit from this. So whether you don't have a team yet, want to be a great boss when you do have one, or if you have a team and you're ready for them to start functioning in a different way and for all of you to work differently, 
reach out to me, um, get this class for your team member, or maybe multiple seats for your multiple team members. And of course, if you've got more than a few people on your team, let me know. I've done this training for specific teams before to help them kind of interact better, to help their set their boundaries, to help them prepare and plan for their launches together because there is it is a different beast when you go from just scheduling blog posts and social media to then all of a sudden scheduling you know your webinar and your launch emails and your affiliate promotion that you might be doing um, you might be working with affiliates and partners on your launch so check out ansomoylove.com forward slash b y a t building your amazing team. And definitely check out the show notes today. I will make sure that I put all of the resources that I've mentioned during this episode, but I'm also going to put some additional team building episodes, not episodes, but resources there for you from the blog and other places, some books that I've read that have been really helpful. Um, There's one that's actually a Kindle book when I want to say that it is Hold on. I'm going to actually look it up right now. The one book I think you should check out is Coaching for Improved Work Performance. So this is actually, it's basically how to get better results from your employees. It's a book by Ferdinand Fornes, F-O-U-R-N-I-E-S. Increase productivity, raise quality, reduce absenteeism, get more creativity, increase your sales, This is a really fabulous book. It's a great book to get your project manager, your launch manager. I'm going to put them in the show notes. I have the Kindle version. I've been reading it. Um, It's so funny. I think Laura Roeder bought this for me um, way back when, but it's a really amazing read. I'm actually rereading it right now. That's why it was so like right there, opened up to one of the pages. And I just hope that you take Take this opportunity, whether you have a team or you're thinking about having a team, to think about the questions that we've talked about today before you bring someone new into the team. Ask yourself if you're doing these things that I've I've talked about today. Are you trying to be your bestie with anybody on your team? Are you feeling like you, you're not getting personal enough as far as like interacting with people? Do you still feel disconnection? But you want to feel connection, but you don't want to be too connected. And are you receiving action versus excuses from your team members or perhaps yourself? And how can, how can you inspire action as opposed to people having excuses of why they're not getting things done? So I look forward to hearing from you very, very soon. Make sure to check out the show notes today at ansomorelove.com forward slash 126. And if you've been listening for a while now and you haven't been over to iTunes, go over there click the link in the show notes and I would love it if you would leave me a review and a rating for this show. And if you're not subscribed, go over there and subscribe so you can get these popped in your podcast app every single week on Thursdays. All right. Have a great week and I will talk to you soon.